Hello, my loves. Thank you for listening to the Brave School podcast. Before we dive in, I just wanted to extend a quick invitation to one, we have a brand new workshop that is happening tomorrow called Coming Home to the Market. This is for creatives, wild hearts, highly sensitive, intuitive creators who are longing to show up to their work without selling out their souls to the internet. Inside of this workshop, we're going to learn so many tools, including how to position your work in a way that allows you to be yourself, that allows you to bring your goodness to the market. We're going to talk about how you can learn to speak wildly specific truths to your people, how to create ecosystems of reciprocity, and how to use your work to establish new templates for yourself and for your people of healing, evolution, and connection uh, through entrepreneurship. I know that when I started sharing my work on the internet, I was sharing it on a totally different account than the story doula because, you know, I totally was scared that my friends would judge me for sharing my work. I didn't want anybody to know that I was a designer, which is like kind of the opposite of what I uh, needed to be doing. I needed to be letting everybody know about my work and my ideas and these concepts. But selling on social was very awkward at first. Selling on social felt really weird and felt really exploitative. And there were definitely examples of how to do this that I didn't want to be like. But I thought that I had to be like them in order to build a business uh, that could feed me and keep the roof over my head. And trying to fit myself into those molds quickly led me into depletion of my energy of my resources, of my bank account. There is a different way. There is another way that can support you in cultivating creative courage to show up to your work in the world. And I want to hold space for you to receive that. I want to hold space for you to be able to see this new way. Also, what's coming up this month is Slow Branding Part 2. And Slow Branding 2, we continue our work from Slow Branding 1 to really dial in and position messaging and, and services and products in the market. So we start on the 16th and we go on to the 18th and it is a three-day immersion for wild-hearted creative entrepreneurs who really want to learn how to speak wildly specific truths to their people who want to learn how to position products in the market without losing their minds. This is for you if you are in a stage where you are pivoting or you are creating something that is exciting and vulnerable and, and really... Mm, just full of so much juice and you want to learn how to do this in a way that really is aligned with you. So sign up for those things. I'll include, include them in the show notes. Feel free to ask us questions at support at braveschool.co or reach out to me at the story doula on Instagram. I'm so excited to serve you now on to this episode. Welcome to the Brave School Podcast. We explore the intersection between entrepreneurship, mysticism, and creative courage through 
human-centered curiosity and storytelling. This podcast is narrative medicine for the wild-hearted artist and entrepreneur who longs to show all the way up to their creative process. We hope you enjoy. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Brave School Podcast. I'm bringing you a topic today that is super special to me. This topic today is the highly sensitive, intuitive creative process. And the reason why it's so special is because as someone who lives with high sensitivity, um, as someone who lives with uh, in my an intuition that is like ding like always on sometimes like sometimes I, I I can't turn it off right and I'm receiving downloads and information that I oftentimes don't ask for and it's a huge part of the work that I do right so my my sensitivity my my um, nature as an empath or a better word would be like uh, someone who can intuit or feel the room, people, emotions, circumstances, the seasons. I'm a highly sensitive person. So highly sensitive person is a term that was made, uh, brought to our cultural awareness back in like the 1990s by Dr. Elaine Aaron, who wrote the book, The Highly Sensitive Person. And it's so funny because I'm, I'm like on her website right now and I'm reading about like how she came to write this book that helped to spark and click for so many highly sensitive people like what is quote unquote wrong with them like if you're a highly sensitive person you've probably and you didn't know it you've probably gone your whole life wondering what is wrong with me why am I like why am I this way like why do I why doesn't anyone experience the world like I experience it? Um, why am I so tender? Um, sometimes emotional, sometimes like shy, sometimes really in need of your own space. And Dr. Elaine in her book, The Highly Sensitive Person, is basically like, there's nothing wrong with you. This trait of sensory processing sensitivity, there's a scientific term for it, is normal. It is so normal, found in 15 to 20% of the population. It's too many people for it to be a disorder. And it's just normal. <laughs> it's normal to be sensitive. Um, and But some of the problems come in, I feel like, for highly sensitive people, especially entrepreneurship and the creative process, is that the world is not set up for highly sensitive people. The world is especially not set up for highly sensitive intuitives. And it's almost like we've come in with a, like a bunch of superpowers <laughs> into this world at this time. And like really kind of bringing the bringing the world together in this way of like 
can you see this? Can you see this great unfolding that is happening in our midst? Can you feel it in your bones? And I've never met a highly sensitive person who, who, who couldn't feel it in their bones, what was going on around them, the nuances, the subtleties. The really beautiful thing about highly sensitive people is that every single highly sensitive person is so unique, carries their own insight, their own special qualities, their special abilities, their innate and unique ability to see and sense in the culture. And it's beautiful. It is so beautiful and it's often so misunderstood and I just wanted to hop on and just share a little bit of my relationship with my high sensitivity intuitive nature now you can be a highly sensitive person and not be intuitive you can also be an intuitive person and not be highly sensitive but that intersection of high sensitivity and intuition is such a special place to land one of my favorite teachers in the world Miriam Hasna her, she has built an entire school I highly recommend it I'm in it <laughs> um, called New Earth Mystery School for it's for highly sensitive people who are navigating spirituality uh, from empaths psychics folks who are able to receive information in a very unique way she is she's been so instrumental in helping me see what is possible for me as a highly sensitive person especially in entrepreneurship and there's so much that I have learned from her about like, hey, you know, being an empath might seem like a blessing or a curse. However, as a highly sensitive person, running everyone's energy and trying to transmute it through my system is not going to work for my life every moment of the day. And in fact, like, um, and what I believe and what she teaches is that like that paradigm is done. Like we are allowing people to uh, hold their own problems. We are allowing people to be their own hero, to, to discover the great mother inside of them that is ready to take care of them. And I don't have to be the one all the time to take care of everyone. I don't have to be the one all the time who is making sure that everyone is okay because if I'm using my energy in that way making sure that the entire world is saved and okay and moving in the right direction I don't have any energy left for the work I'm here to do that's actually going to move the needle that's actually going to shift culture in powerful and profound ways just by me being and existing in my own creative process right so my journey with high sensitivity has been one full of awareness about the fact that I you know I am a quieter person um, who learned to be loud to protect myself, right? And I was shy. I was shy when I was like three, four, five, when I was very young. I was very, very, very shy. 
very shy person, but also very attuned to all of my environments. So much so that I attuned to my parents, uh, their kind of their toxic traits and, and became this protector of my myself and my brother in a way and and there are just so many different threads I could pull like I could literally write books on just living with this beautiful trait that I have one of the most relevant uh stories though that I want to share is like learning how to be an entrepreneur now I had a partner, he was my ex-husband, bless his soul, he didn't know what he was saying at the time and I forgive him, but like at the time he told me, he was like, you are not cut out for entrepreneurship. Now he wanted to be an entrepreneur and I really was just this super tender, sensitive artist um, who wanted to support herself. And so back in 2012, 2013, I would listen to binge listen to podcasts because that is a huge way that I learn. I learned through audio. Um, I binge listened to podcasts over and over and over again about the creative process. I listened to a lot of Seth Godin. I listened to a lot of CJ Cassiota. I listened to a lot of so many different uh, people who are obsessed with and talking about the creative process and entrepreneurship and business. And because I really wanted to learn how can I, how can I work for myself someday? How can I build, even build with my husband someday if I wanted to do that? Like, how can I learn to support myself through my art? It's got to be possible. But my ex-husband was like, yeah, no, you're not cut out for this. Like, business is a hard world. You are too sensitive. You have, um, yeah, you're a little too, like, you know, daydreamer vibes for entrepreneurship. And you know what? He was probably, he was right. And I, and in so many ways, like he was, he was right. Like I am not wired to operate in the world of business as we see it today. I am not, I'm not like every part of my chart, (laughs) every part of my like makeup, my personality is like, no, it's not, I'm not going to be the person who walks into, you know, the world of business and takes charge. Like I am not that kind of leader. I'm not that kind of person. I have no interest in that. My interests lie in connecting with my body and with the earth. And you can see this through my body of work all the way back to 2014, 2015. I find interest in in grace and gratitude and being with and connected to all that is. And, And that is a huge part of my relationship with my high sensitivity, right? So sometimes like I, because of my high sensitivity, and this is something that I've only recently become like super aware of how to like mitigate, right? Because when you live as a highly sensitive person and you have the, these traits, like you think you grow up thinking, oh, like 
it's it's normal to be highly like overstimulated it's normal to always be in a stress response you grew up if you're not aware you grew up thinking that it's normal to be like like to feel so deeply and it is normal but like what i mean by that is like everybody has this experience you think oh this is like the human experience right like everybody's overstimulated everybody's overwhelmed everybody's emotionally porous everybody is struggling to focus is um or hyper focusing on the things that interest them um everybody needs to be in a beautiful environment to thrive right like everybody needs to have like the candles and the incense and the leaves and like all the things going in order to like actually thrive in an environment like obviously like this is the experience but as i grew and as i began to learn myself I, I really began to see that my experience was not the experience that other people were having, mainly because people didn't understand what I needed, right? And I didn't understand what I needed in order to create and be this artist that I knew deep inside of me. Like I could just see, like I could see the world around me. Like when I was younger, I could draw anything. I could communicate feelings. I walked up to my grandmother, my, I think it was my grandfather, I was like four years old <laughs> and this is like something that I did because I carried around like I was three four I carried around a blues clues notebook and I drew everybody's faces and I tried to like understand their stories like who who does that that was me like that story doula from day one okay like and and I walked up to my grandfather and I remember just like gazing into his face. He was drinking a Colt 45. I think he was smoking cigarettes and they were doing like black folks things in the living room, cackling, laughing. And I'm just like this really little girl who's like looking up at him and feeling so much of my grandfather's like bigness and his sadness, his intensity. And I, I looked up at him and I said, granddaddy, does your face hurt? and the whole room stopped and looked at me and they just laughed they laughed and laughed and laughed at me but I was having this moment of like being able to see through which is a very like it's a it's a it's a trait of not only being highly sensitive but also being intuitive of like I can see you I can feel what you're experiencing I can feel the crow's feet around your eyes I can feel the wrinkles on your face I can feel the ache in your lungs I can feel your shoulders hunched up like I can feel the pain in your body like I can feel it from so young and I was creating around it. I was making art around that feeling. Yeah, so highly sensitive people, like when we don't have the supportive environments and, and intuitive people, right? Highly sensitive intuitives, when you don't grow up with the supportive environments to nurture your creative process, it can often feel like, oh, it's normal to be stressed and overstimulated and hate your job. And yeah, it's only been in the last few years where I've been, been able to like sort of mitigate that and be like, well, first of all, like I'm, let's get this clear. Like after years of working in corporate, after uh, years of working in a nonprofit, 
theater company and experiencing my high sensitivity on 10, I thought, you know, I don't think I'm wired to work in either of these environments. Like, this is not for me. I could feel my body seize up every day at work. Constant freeze response, constant dorsal vagal collapse if you really want to get into it like my body was like collapsing in these environments because they were not supportive for me and I did my best to make them supportive by putting beautiful things didn't really like wasn't really using the terminology to describe what I needed but I was like yeah I need to be surrounded by plants and nature and beautiful drawings and and things that inspire me and things that charge my senses And it still wasn't enough. The corporate world, the capitalistic world was not working for me because I saw the world and I felt the world in slow motion. And I'm not saying that this is every highly sensitive's relationship to their environment. Like, I mean, you meet one highly sensitive person, you've met only one highly sensitive person. Everybody is so unique. Everyone is so unique. And for me, like I could feel, I could feel my body just wanting to slow down, go a different pace. But I overrode that desire and it didn't work, but I continued to override because I wanted to prove myself and fit into this world this world where everybody was winning, this world. And I knew I was smart enough. I knew that I could see the solutions. I knew that I had the talent, but I couldn't keep up because it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. I had this like deep inner world that I was tending to, creating worlds and birthing worlds from. Like have always been a writer, have always been this person who is is wallowing and in the deep and like swimming in the deep all the time that was me i didn't know that i needed to build the nervous system resilience to be in the world i just thought it was normal to always be in a stress response i just thought it was normal to always be overstimulated i just thought it was normal to feel so deeply So I began to pick up tools for my creative process. One of those tools was, you know, having a space to myself. Like, it's really important to me to have, like, little nooks and corners. (laughs) I remember in college, like, I had a whole Tumblr board dedicated, and a Pinterest board, too, dedicated to nooks because it was so important to me to like be so I would like I brought my books I have a lot of books okay and I've gotten rid of grid of gotten rid of over half of them but I had like a library like I had a like a big 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 stack shelves and shelves of books and I remember bringing my books to college not being able to fit them all in my dorm room but I, I brought my favorites I brought my I brought my plants I brought my like my little things my teas and my coffee maker and like all of these like little creature comforts to surround myself with things that stimulated my senses and I didn't know that I was taking care of myself in that way rather than just being pretentious like I, I was taking care of me 
and what my body and my soul and my heart needed. Um, Not that I needed a coffee maker, but it was more that I needed to be connected to my senses in a way that allowed me to thrive. I needed a daily ritual to help me to reconnect and be here and pull out of that that overstimulation response, right? I remember like not being very kind to myself when I worked in these corporate environments. I remember the day that I dropped out of school and I I know that like I know I heard and felt and intuited, you know, God, spirit telling me, hey, this place isn't for you. And still I felt all of the shame of of leaving school early not being able to keep up I felt like I felt the shame of I was trying my hardest I got good grades and everything except for math <laughs> um and I think Latin like a later Latin class where I had a professor who just wasn't great but I take ownership I got a terrible grade in that class um I could just go into so many different stories so many different examples but I I knew that spirit was guiding me into an environment, into a space, into a lifestyle that could support my creative process in such a way so that I could birth ideas that actually like impact people and shift culture rather than fall in line in this corporate structure that didn't align with my internal needs, didn't align with my my intuitive nature that could feel everything like the nightmare of being in a corporate cubicle floor (laughs) thankfully like I was able to snag an office when I got promoted but just like being in a call center environment being on the cubicle floor like it was just a lot it was too much um and I would often have to go outside and take breaks and like get in the sun or sit in the sun. And like, that's one of my favorite ways to like calm my nervous system is either take a really hot shower or sit in the really hot sun and let that sun just like soak me and bring me back to a state of homeostasis, right? So I just want to encourage you, you know, like I'm going to drop the book in the the show notes, the highly sensitive person. I'm also going to put a link to Miriam Hasna's school for highly sensitives. But these tools that I picked up along the way empowered me because I think I shared this on my stories the other day of like, sometimes I have these like highly sensitive days where just the day is just so overwhelming. Usually it's astrological too. I'm, I'm very like, sensitive to the shift in seasons and very sensitive to the zodiac and the shift of astral astrological signs like i could probably take a moment get quiet and describe to you what's going on in the sky and and that's just how in tune my body is with this stuff like it's not even about like doing these performative rituals to get in tune with the earth like no my body knows and oftentimes when i'm not connected when my hands are not in the dirt or when I'm not you know watering my plants I'm overriding my nervous system and I know that about myself so like these like tools these knowings this knowledge 
help me to feel my experience in a different way. They help me to get in touch with the true power of my creative voice. They, they help me to, this knowledge helps me to get in touch with how powerful it is when I can own myself and take responsibility and ownership for my nature and and use this as like, a, a, like a template that I can I can pull from to retemplatize even my nervous system so that I have more resilience in the world but I also know how to come back home and and come back home to my body and and find what I need here inside of me right so sometimes the days can be really tender when we're trying to keep up with the the way the world says that we're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, sometimes it can feel really tender when you're in these relationships, especially for me in work. It being in these relationships where you can feel the like, you can feel the holes, like the porousness of the relationship, and you know when the truth is not being fully shared, or you know when things are being held back. Or you can feel when someone's like really happy and joyous or like not quite clicked in. You can feel these things on like a bone marrow level. And 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 being with these relationships, being with these like circumstances can be really sensitive for the creative who is highly sensitive intuitive, right? And so I just I just want to encourage you, where are your tools? What tools are in your tool belt that allow you to be yourself in the world, right? That fear of being seen. Is it the fear of being seen? And for some people it is. Or is it the fear of being overstimulated by being observed, right? Having all of this energy directed toward you. How are you protecting yourself? How are you practicing energetic boundaries? How are you shoring up those boundaries so that you are safe and secure? And I don't want to pretend that this is like a perfect linear process. It's taken me cycles and cycles of of learning how to do this to learn how to be where I am today and I'm still far from where I want to be right like this is a creative process it's 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 an unfolding what are your tools what are your rituals that stimulate your senses with comfort and at home feelings like mine are um like in the first thing in the morning is I like to stimulate my senses with coffee right? That's, I mean, it is an addiction, but it's also like this way that I can remind myself I'm home, I'm home, I'm home, I'm home in my body. Instance is a really powerful way for me to bring my body uh, out of rest and into a space of homeostasis. I love to light incense right when I'm about to work, especially because it triggers my body into being present and to utilizing my senses for the work in front of me right um another one is like water and light putting water in my mouth getting myself 
my body in the sunlight if it's available that morning sound quiet like sometimes I love to put on a little bit of like music or binaural beats or a podcast and hearing that that vibration of a voice or a sound is so comforting or putting myself in silence depending on what I need right these rituals help to ground my experience not because there's something wrong with me but because my body because of all the stimuli that's out here in the world, getting on social media, being receiving texts from my parents, right? Whatever it is, I need to come home to myself. I need to bring myself back to me. This is who I am. Because a lot of like a lot of highly sensitive intuitives are also like empaths. So it can be very easy to take on another person's experience if you in human design we this is the open g center the the open solar plexus right like it can be easy to run another person's energy or run another person's identity through our our systems just because that's like <laughs> that's how we learn that's how we understand life but there's a limit there's a level to where of like okay like we're not transmuting their reality through our bodies we're not transmuting their experience through our experience we're letting people have their own experience and we are reclaiming calling our energy back so that we can have ours right and so how do you come home and find homeostasis how do you come home and find uh, safety and comfort in in yourself Right? Like, how do you, what is your process of recognizing when you are running everybody else's energies, all of these other stimuli through your nervous system in a way that is sending you into a subtle stress response that grows throughout the day? Right? Like, these little things that we can notice and begin to give to ourselves, begin to take ownership of our reality. This is a creative process, right? This is a creative process. The world is going to figure it out more when we allow ourselves to be who we are and stay strong in that, to stay, to to root down and, and ground in who we are as individuals and how we experience the world. It's not wrong to feel so deeply. It's not wrong to see the world in color. It's not wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's normal. It's innate. And, and, where can you bring yourself a little bit more support so that you can bring your magic, your medicine, specialness to the world where can you bring yourself a little bit more vibrational energetic support so that you can bring your magic and your medicine to the world this is why I love flower essences and herbal medicines and I learned all of this from you know following Miriam Hess's work she's literally my teacher in these things of like hey, there are tools for you. There are tools available. You are not a victim of this world. 
You're not a victim of your past exes and lovers and the narcissists and the X, Y, and Z. You're not a victim of capitalism. You're not a victim. You are special, powerful being. Where can you bring yourself more support? Where can you support your environment with beauty, stimulate your senses with the things that really feel like home to you? Where can you bring yourself more support in your relationships, setting the proper boundaries, uh, really kind of examining your inner circle, the people who are influencing your day-to-day activity, your day-to-day inputs, right? Notice what inputs feel safe for you to receive and what feels jarring to your nervous system and not in like a healthy initiative way, but like a like a trauma stress response way. Notice what stories, what narratives don't belong to you. Allow yourself to say, that's not my medicine. That's not for me. This is not resonant for me. This is a dissonant experience for me and like it's not good or bad. It's just not for me. I'm not a victim of it. It's just not for me. Let me go and find what's for me. Let me go give myself what I need to thrive. Right? So I just want to leave you with that thought. I, I, I wanted to hop on real quick and just share a little bit of my process And I want to invite you into, if you resonate with this idea of high sensitivity, intuitive, to do a little research and find the tools that support you because we need your medicine in this world. You're the world, like, like, yes, like, yeah, you like, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do, but like, oh my gosh, like the world would be so much better if you had the tools, the resources, and the courage you needed to thrive and be who you are without apology, without abandon. So I love you. I'm sending you off with good vibes and and lots of excitement and care for your creative process. I will see you soon. find us on instagram at braveschool.co and find me your resident story doula at the story doula on instagram i'm so excited to serve you thank you for being here friend